You sure? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Real Talk episode number. Anybody know the number? I think it's 31. No. I think it's 31. 31. Wow. We broke I we 30. Were than that. No, no, no. We broke 30. We broke 30. Congratulations. Um, well. So, yeah. We're like three days removed from, or not removed, before the NHL season kicks off. So me and Dewey are about to not be friends. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> we are going to do a little brief run around here quick before we kick it on over to our guest. Uh, today's guest is none other than Mr. Ray Biggs, play-by-play Utica College Pioneers Hockey, along with a laundry list of other things uh, that we'll get into it with Biggsy. But right now we're going to kick it over to Marissa. What up, Marissa? What's going on? Hi, what's up, guys? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a long time. It's been, hmm, it's been a, it's been less than a week. What do you yeah, mean? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's like less like than like ninety-six time. hours since we last had recorded a pod. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I feel so, like this. Oh, this episode is gonna be so much fun. Uh, so yeah. So what's going on? I know the one piece of Bruins news. I don't want to call it inevitable, but we all saw it coming. We all knew this was happening. Patrice Bergeron, the one, the only, the king of Boston, is officially captain. He's the most handsome man I've ever met and ever seen, and it is his rightful heir. We all knew this was happening. Oh, I'm gosh. so happy. I, I will be the first one in my house to buy a new jersey. And You're going to buy a new it, jersey just to have I, a C on it? Yes. Oh my yes, God. and it, you know what? It might be the retro reverse. I don't know. It looks pretty good on him. So I don't see why I, not. I was just telling Marissa, like, I feel like the Bruins should do something where if they already have uh, Patrice's jersey, just go to the shop and they'll stitch the C on for free. You already got the jersey. Oh, that would be. I, I do. I have uh, an old Reebok jersey. I got it for like $30 at Reebok in um, Merrimack, New Hampshire at the outlets. And they're like, oh, these are on sale. I'm like, how much? And they're like $30. I'm like, yo, these are usually 200 What do you mean? What's wrong Ma- with you? Merrimack. Merrimack, well, New Hampshire. Well, since he's already introduced himself and he's got some great information for us, I'll just go ahead and here, get into it. Go ahead. You want to brag? Dewey, go ahead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sleepy Lou has woken up and re-signed our superstar for three years, reportedly worth $21 million. Now, they were looking for the long-term deal, but Matt settled for the three years, and it's stretched out. I think it's $4 million the first year, $7 million the second year, and $10 million the third year. So he's still an RFA after that contract. And I think it works out well for both sides, giving a little bit more breathing room on the other end for Lou to get any significance at trade deadline or move a player. Um, but we're four days away, Dom. And I know you're excited. I'm excited. Marissa's excited for some Bruins hockey. Where's Jonesy? Yes. Nobody knows, but he's looking forward to some blues hockey, but now full steam ahead. Barzala signed and I can't wait. <sighs> It's interesting you mentioned Jonesy because the Blues are literally going to have their AHL affiliate here in Utica. Why are you not here, Jonesy, to talk about this? Um, Yeah, okay, so Barzy's what? He's 23, he's going to be 24 in May. Uh, You tack on three more years, his deal's up, he's going to be 27. 26 at the end. He put himself in a really good situation right there. Very good situation. And I think there's like reports out there that 
he'll have uh, he'll be an RFA again with arbitration rights, but the Islanders can't go any lower than $8.4 million for a qualifying offer. He's already making $10 million that third year. The money is there. I say once this deal is over, he goes for oh, wow. another six years, right around 11, 12 mil. The cap will open up a little bit. You got to hope that that's the case. And then the guy's a lifelong Islander. He even said it. It's a fun place to be, and it's a fun team to play on. So for any of those critics out there that say the Islanders are boring, you got Matt Barzell saying that it's a fun place to be. And Dom looks like he's having an aneurysm hearing me talk about it, but I'm still going to talk about it. Jonathan Tavares. Oh, sorry. I had to go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Pajama Boy, that robot, his girlfriend made that decision poolside for him. So you know what? John Tavares could enjoy the first round exits in the North Division. And you know what? Individual talent does go a long house. way. But if you want to go somewhere far, you go somewhere far together. And that's not the case for Tom I, Tavares. Um, oh, my God. Uh, if Barzi is going to stick in the aisle, in the island, and then they add some extra pieces and Sorokin works out, the team's going to be really scary. <laughs> On the stretch, you got Barzell, Brock Nelson, JG Pajot, and Casey Sezikas. That's a solid four centers moving forward. Casey is a free agent at the end of the season, so we'll see where that goes. He'll walk. But <laughs> he'll walk. I, I think he'll walk too, but... You got players and, like Matt Martin wanting to stay here long-term. I think it sets the standard for what it is like now on the island compared to years past. What's, um, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, what's his, uh, his con- my, my favorite Islander is currently his contract looking like? Ross the Boss Johnston. Is he sticking around for a while? Yeah, Ro- Ross is definitely signed. I think we signed him to a new deal last season. I'm going to have to look that up, though. But with Matt Martin staying, I was really hoping – that if that was the case, Matt Martin going, that Ross fills that role perfectly right. for Matt yeah. Martin. You know? No, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to have <sighs> your Islanders, my, my Rangers going head-to-head this week. I'm really uh, – I don't know. I'm so torn on how I think the Rangers are going to be. I'm pretty excited to get uh, Big Z's perspective on it because he's a Rangers fan too. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting. I think it's going to be a good game. I think the teams are super different. If, if we – signed Jack Johnson just to cut him, which that's what it looks like we did. <laughs> I, I'm even more confident about the Rangers defense right now than I was last year. I mean, you, you say that you signed Jack Johnson just for him to get scratched. And then we decide not, we decide to keep Hosang. Lou decides not to bring him to the camp. And then he goes on waivers. So someone, please, if you're listening, any GMs out there that is listening to our show, by the way, that's awesome. If you're a GM in the NHL listening to the show, but please take Josh Hosang. He needs a, a change of environment, something he needs, a different scenery. Get him off the island. It is not working anymore. The story is getting old. The Bruins you know, said no. Yeah, the Bruins are out. I think any contenders are out. <laughs> um, I think uh, <laughs> we don't want them. They're kind of a contender because they're a playoff team technically last year. But wouldn't it be cool to see him end up in a place like a place like Florida, where there's really not a whole lot of pressure? You know what I mean? And he can be in a nice, he'll be in a great climate, obviously. And like, he can kind of just relax and focus on hockey as hard as that can be for him, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that would be a really good situation. I don't know. What's up with, uh, have you, you followed the Isles training camp, obviously. Kiefer Bellows have any chance of making the team? I love watching that kid. Yeah. I, um, so Ke- today, actually, uh, funny that you mentioned Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer Bellows, JT Pajot, and Oliver Wallstrom skated on the same line today. So, that could be something that we could see in the future, especially with uh, a loaded schedule with these games back-to-backs, three games in a row, a day off. We're going to see a lot of players come in and out of this lineup, especially with this taxi squad situation. 
Um, I definitely see Bellows getting a chance. It might not be right off the rip of the season, but uh, once players start to get a little fatigued with a lot of these back-to-back games, uh, it's definitely a season for these young guys to get in, get some time, get some value, see what we can do from there. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, Marissa, any exciting news out of Boston training camp or are they just business as expected? Business as usual. As much as I know, it's business as usual. Uh, Tuca is our guy. Um, and then we had some other kid come up. I've never heard of him. He's another, um, another goalie. I tagged, tagged you in that post. Mm. I don't remember when it was, but I was like, hmm. Oh, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like you did. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't remember who he is, but yeah, so I'm, I'm interested. Um, and then we have Craig Smith, who we just signed for like three years or whatever from Nashville. Mm. He's slotting in on the third line, but I think he could move up and down depending on um, if Kasha gets hurt or not, because apparently from what I've researched, I've only seen him play like five games since he came to Boston last season. Um, right. But if he gets hurt, he could slot in on uh, the Krejci line, which is interesting because we can never figure out a balance for him at all. But uh, Krejci's contract ends at the end of the season. So maybe we'll see if he gets the boot next or Tuka. I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. My I money went... is on both. No, I was on Twitter quick because I wanted to make guys. <laughs> I was just going to plug Twitter. And I noticed that the banner on your Twitter is, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to exit the donut. And I can't stop <laughs> I love Iron Man. I'm a big MCU fan. I could watch those movies over and over. It's like my happy space. Jeez. I I can't get enough. Well, as we've just discussed, the NHL is coming back. Follow all of us on our social medias at Marissa on Twitter, at Dewey Crocs, me at Real Talk on Twitter. Don't follow my Twitter. Yes. Follow my Instagram at R-I-S-S-K-U-L-I-S. Don't follow my Twitter. Follow my Instagram instead. Follow both. <laughs> and at Andrew Cat. Follow me. Real talk. Uh, let's throw it on over to Big Z here. And, uh, yeah. What's up, guys? It's Cass. Just reminding you to head over to Justition and use our promo code REALTALK for 10% off your order. T-shirts, long sleeves, sweatpants, hoodies, hats, sticker packs, flags, you name it. The boys over at Justition have you locked down. That's using our code REALTALK for 10% off. And again, thanks for listening to us over here at Burger. Ladies and gentlemen, as previously mentioned, we do have a fantastic guest with us this week, uh, a man who normally does introductions himself, so this is going to be a little weird for me to introduce him, but he has a laundry list of uh, things on his resume in relation to sports, play-by-play broadcast. We are joined by the one, the only, the voice of the Utica College pioneers, Mr. Ray Biggs. Ray, how you doing? I'm pretty great. I mean, about as good as I can be here on a Sunday night. All the errands are done. I'm watching football on Nickelodeon for the first time in my life. And, you know, just, just living the dream. Did you, did you hear them call um, the thing about Drake and Josh? Uh, which one? Because I was in and uh, out a little bit here. It was Josh Peck versus uh, – oh, shit. Hold on. Josh <laughs> Peck versus Mindy Crenshaw in the science fair. Oh God! That's how oh, <laughs> the yes. Bears versus the Saints. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, early on in the first quarter, if I recall. Yeah, I did. I did catch that one. Put you in perspective. Me too. Yeah. 
Yeah, puts you in perspective how laid back we are here. Um, Ray, I, I, like I said, I'm going to admit it on air too. When you said you'd come on, I kind of got a little excited because I've been a big fan of yours. Uh, I'm a big fan of play-by-play and broadcasts. Like, I feel like broadcasters paint a picture into sports to where without them, the game's just not the same and hockey for sure. Like I listened to uh, one of your games earlier today, just to kind of get a little loosened up and get back into the frame of talking to you. So again, Which thank one? you. Uh, the uh, UCHC game against, um, who, against Wilkes, uh, the last one. Fantastic. Oh, the one where the final minute cut out. <laughs> yes, that one. Yes. And there was a call you had on there, which <sighs> I, I don't want to forget this thought, but we'll get more into your resume in a second. But there was a call on something I've always wanted to ask, not just you, but like any type of play-by-play or broadcast guy. You come off, zap, Dante Spada scores. And you come off first shorthanded goal of his career. Do you get ready for these kind of things or do you just have them all stored in your brain? Most definitely. I think it's kind of a combination of both. Like you, to any given broadcast, you've got yourself in front of you probably two, three solid sheets of paper worth of crap on every single player. Their step may be important coming into the game. I kind of felt like Dante may have something like that coming, but to see him jump into that moment the way he did was absolutely unreal. I mean, our rookie class took control of that game in the first period. Right. Yeah. You guys had, that was kind of a huge thing all season. I would say you guys had what nine freshmen on the team this year. I mean, it was, I, we had the pleasure of talking to Jackson Rutowski and uh, Brandon Osmondson on the show, both great kids, totally different personalities. Uh, Jackson's a little more, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Jackson Rutowski, not a big deal. And then Brandon's very mild mannered, laid back kid, but they were, they were a ton of fun to watch all year. And, And you think a team that's got nine freshmen, and then to be as successful as they were this year, for you especially, it had to be so much fun to watch. Well, the thing is, you go into a season like we had last year, and we had a few pieces of the puzzle we obviously had to restock on. I mean, we lost Dalton Carter. We lost Roman Amarato. We lost uh, Greg Burmaster all in the span of a couple of years. And those are really, really talented guys, and Zach Borsoy as well. But those are guys that you have to find a way to replace that kind of production. And when I saw our rookie class for that year, I, my eyes really lit up because we had had a lot of success recruiting out of the league that Jackson and Brandon both had an opportunity to play in. We got arguably the top two forwards in that league from that year with Osmondson and Monkovich, but just so many talented pieces up and down the board had come in over the last couple of recruiting classes. I thought we still had a chance to be pretty special as long as those young kids held up their end of the bargain. And by the time the season had turned the corner and we were in the second half, you really felt that group starting to know their role. They felt comfortable playing college hockey. There really wasn't any reason to doubt anything of what they were capable of. And that was just an unbelievable experience to watch those guys come together as they did. Right. I I have a couple more questions on that topic, which is going to be really funny. But for those of you who don't know, this is, again, basically local celebrity. You've been with Utica College now doing uh, broadcasting, play-by-play, and those kids, since you, pretty much since you graduated, right? 2013, I want to say? Well, it goes back to my undergrad, back to uh, 2011. So I did two years um, straight up as an undergrad. And then I had that half year, my final semester, and I pretty much got an offer to just keep doing it. 
Right. Like there was nobody there to kind of take my place at the time. And so I just kept with it. And then I came back the following year. And then the year after that, I get a phone call to start doing it for ESPN Radio Utica at the time on commercial radio, replacing another gentleman. So I did that for a number of years. And then when the contract with the station just kind of went a little bit by the wayside, the finances, the everything just were not quite in the cards to continue that deal. They brought me back in house and uh, I've been doing it on behalf of the college directly ever since. Yeah, you, it's great, especially for me, like a local guy, the program's become what it's become. I've, I'm going to do it again. Cause I, I've said a hundred times, it's three episodes in a row. I've quoted you directly from something you posted oh, either. <laughs> yeah. It was either on Twitter or Facebook a long time ago. I can't remember what it was, but I, I screenshotted it when you posted it. And it's something I felt was really, really spoke to what we do here in Utica as far as hockey goes. And, and if there's any man that can like kind of put it in presence, it would be you. Cause you've seen so much here happen, especially in the, in the, in, when it comes to the pioneers and you post it, it's Facebook. If you, if you ever needed proof that what we do here in Utica is special, get this. UC men's hockey recorded a better average attendance this season than Boston university. And that's, I mean, you're talking for you, especially like when you first, I can't remember attendance around then when you first started, because obviously I've been following the pioneers ever since, but especially now, when you see this full building just going ballistic, is that something that gets you jacked up? Like just kind of even more ready to get some of these calls going? Yep. As much as it did the first time that I walked into that building as a fan in 2009-ish, I was a freshman in college, cross town at MVCC. I walk in, have no idea what I'm about to experience in front of a packed house. We go in. We beat the living snot out of Newman University, who at the time was the reigning national champion, by like a 7-3 to three score. We score like five or six power play goals in that game. And, yeah, the electricity has only gotten better Yeah, it's since that night. It's crazy. I don't know. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're Newburgh, New York native, correct? Downstate? Yep. Grew up uh, right down the road, basically, from uh, where American Chopper was filmed. Oh, Yeah. Nice. Orange County Choppers, those guys were basically two streets over and around the corner. So that's right about where I am, about 15 minutes from West Point and probably about 10 minutes away from Newburgh. Oh, very cool. So when you came to Utica, did you think you'd stumble on something as crazy as Utica College Hockey? <laughs> well, I had some idea that it existed, which is why I wanted to co come and check it out in the first place. Sure. Oh, 2004-ish, I was in 6th, 7th grade, I got a gift, I got a hat as a gift, and I always liked the hat, come to find out, <laughs> I'd start going to games as a freshman, and here's the funny part about just about everybody that covers Division Three hockey in some way, shape, or form, especially those of us that have continued doing so into adulthood, we have this common thread among us where we have all started out as hecklers. I'm not kidding. We all show up. We start chanting with the students. We do whatever we need, whatever we want to do at the time. And then we realize we like this game enough to keep going and possibly make some work out of it. And I can't tell you how many people that's happened to, including myself. That's so awesome. I'd show up and I'd start chanting, it's all your fault and all that great stuff. And I've got a lot of great memories doing that, including um, actually there's a really good one 
in all of this my sophomore year where we played Franklin Pierce. It's the last time we played or one of the last times we played a D2 school in our schedule. And we beat them like a combined 21 to one over two nights, absolutely hounded them. It was not a good weekend for the other team. No, (laughs) but there was a, there was a gentleman from Pittsburgh playing for the other team at the time. His name was Billy Sullivan, and a friend of mine actually stood up behind the box and leaned into the penalty bench and told him that he would be better off working in the steel mills than continuing to play for Franklin (laughs) Pierce. So here's where it gets really interesting. A couple years later, later go by. He's working as a writer for USCHO, of course, the site that does the national rankings now, and um, also as an assistant coach for uh, the Chatham University women's team. And I had seen his article about the best rink atmospheres in Division Three that has gotten shared around quite a bit, where he actually mentioned that whole thing. <laughs> so I walk up to him, and I tell him, yeah, remember when somebody told you to go work in the steel mills? That was us. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and his jaw just dropped. And Billy's a good friend of mine to this day. Like, we, we do talk every so often about college hockey-related matters. He's working as a scout somewhere in junior hockey now. I believe with the London Knights, the uh, Ontario Hockey League. So, Really? Wow. Little stories like that that just kind of tie the world together. And, again, we all start as hecklers for some reason. Right. Right. That's, it's funny you mentioned that too, because hockey, like as a whole, as I'm sure, you know, because you're obviously not just for a profession, but you're a hockey fan. It's kind of a small community where like the more you're in it, the more you kind of get to know so many people. And, and it's, it's interesting too, how you say you, you kind of started out as a heckler. Like you're so professional on the mic where you call the game the way you're supposed to call it. I've always wondered when something big happens, like as Deep down, you're obviously a UC fan. Is it hard to, like, stay contained sometimes? Like, do you ever just kind of, like, want to lose it? Like, oh, my God. Definitely. I think it's gotten a lot easier over the years to kind of put things in boxes a little bit more. And experience will teach you that. I think the first couple of years, no doubt it was difficult. And, in fact, once or twice my first couple of years, I think I got myself in trouble for it a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, you grow, you get better, you learn how to kind of – contain things a little bit and put things in the right perspective I think it gets easier at that point I like to think that my work doing stuff for d3hockey.com obviously helped kind of add to that perspective a little bit I got to know a lot more people that were on the other side of things um, and the same thing last couple of years with the United Collegiate Hockey Conference you start to get to know everybody and what they're about and what they're trying to do and you realize their goals ain't too much different from your own. And at that point, you know, you obviously want your own team to win, but you you understand the reality of the matter that there's two teams out there that want the exact same thing. That's the beauty of the game. Right. Yeah. It, it's great too. Cause like you could tell, I would like the game I was watching earlier. It was playing Wilkes your emotion that comes out is so great. And that's something I love so much about what play by play and broadcast does. Like I told, I'm a huge Rangers fan. And I, again, as I said, cats is an Isles fan, but I'm a Rangers fan. I have no problem admitting it. So it was one of the last games of the regular season before they got shut down I'm watching the Rangers game and the CEO upstairs, my, my girlfriend's what we refer to her as. She goes, what are you going to do when Hank's? <laughs> yeah. When she goes, what are you going to do when Hank retires? I go, I'm going to be honest with you. 
Hank leaves, it's going to crush me. But when that man right there, Sam Rosen goes, it's going to break my heart. And I don't know what I'm going to be able to do because broadcast and play by play, like just the way, like, again, the Wilkes game, you're like, Oh my goodness. When Jones would make a save, it's just, it's crazy to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that I can kind of add that connection to the game for people out there. I know, you know, the, the voice in play-by-play broadcasting is kind of an instrument to tie the fans together with the action that they're watching. That's something I definitely don't take lightly. Yeah. And, and something else I want to ask about in reference to that too, where do you, this is a little less serious, but where do you come up with these names, man? Because I, I was watching a highlight and Ozzy scored and you called them the wizard of Osmondson. And I still laugh to this day because it's the best call I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Well, it's a lot of just kind of scooping up things in pop culture over time and just, you know, you find something that works about, you know, where a player is from, some place that they've played, maybe their name, maybe something different entirely or just a name that gets used around uh, used around the locker room or around the school or what have you. So there's a lot of different ways that I've come up with that stuff. And it just, just kind of depends on the person where they are, what they're doing. Maybe they've got a tendency to do something out there that nobody else does. So you, like, you hear the things like, I'm sorry, you hear the things like Jack Edwards, he just absolutely just shouts things at the top of his mind and it just absolutely, it just works for him. And I'm sure Marissa can relate to that a little bit, listen to Jack Edwards year yeah. after year after year. Well, Some you- of the stuff that he comes up with, like I, I don't know what's going through that brain. <laughs> It's, it's just nuts. That's, that's how I feel about butch scoring, honestly. Oh, God. I've been, I've been told the exact same thing about myself. So Yeah, it, it's, it's funny, too, because I genuinely do, and it's not even just because you're here, but, like, I, I picture what you do is, like, it's like a work of art. You know what I mean? Like, Ozzy referred to you as – he called he calls you Utica College's own Doc Emmerich, and I thought that was the biggest praise that I had ever – just from my experience yeah. being so hooked on, you know, on broadcast. And it's not even just hockey because, like, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a Mets fan, unfortunately. But listening to Gary Cohen talk all summer, it's like a work of art. It, it is. Or, like, even I related to when I was a kid, and even still now, I'm a – I used to be a huge one. I've followed off a little bit, like big wrestling fan, the way Jim Ross would paint a picture. It's not really the same, but it, it, the way he would make you visualize things makes the moment like just so much better. Like Katzie, you, he, he was here in Utica. Um, Brendan Burke now works with the Isles. That yeah. game one to the Island call. I'm not even an Islanders fan. It gives me chills. Just saying right now, it gives me chills. Uh, yeah. That was an unreal yeah. call. Brendan Burke's first playoff game for the Islanders at the Coliseum packed house and an overtime winner. It, it, it just made sense for him to come up with that. And it, and now that just sits in Islanders history. No one is going to forget that call from Berkey. And I'm so happy that we have him. I mean, there's a possibility that he does go and just does major broadcast for NBC, but for the time being, that's my guy. Yeah. And I do find it kind of peculiar by the way that you do mention that, that, NBC hasn't even made a decision on who's going to replace Doc Emmerich yet, and we're only a few nights away from the start of the season. Why? Wow. Don't know <laughs> what to make need of it. To be a replacement. Nobody can replace yeah. him. But They're even, like, too big of shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, just filling the job. I mean, I they haven't even made an announcement on that. Nobody's ever going to replace him per se. But yeah, no, I, it, w- it could be a situation where they filter in 
different people and just make it like a guest appearance type thing just to fill the role yeah. until someone's ready to do it full time. Yeah, well, yeah, what are they, they going to do? Who they want. Patrick Sharp. Uh, Patrick Sharp. Imagine Patrick Sharp. Can he do play-by-play? He could if he wanted to. Besides, I don't see no, why no, not. no, 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 no. You can't just say just anyone can do it. We have the voice of the Utica College Pioneers and so much else. I know you stood in with, uh, with Joe Roberts to do color one time, which is, is, was, I was so happy for you to have that opportunity, man. Like, I, I don't think you understand. When the comments came, everybody was so excited because we had not just one great hockey team. Now we have two. And then Joe Roberts yeah. to come in and did such a great job. Joe was so good. Um, and to have you have the opportunity to do, because I know you've done so many other things. Like you called like the Brewers and the Blue Sox. Uh, you've called, you called UC football, which is a whole nother ball game than compared to, to hockey. I'm sure it's a completely different game. But, but still, you've done so much to have you have the opportunity to call an AHL game, to call a legitimate professional hockey game. As a hockey fan, I mean, you must have been buzzing for that. Oh, I absolutely was. And it's wild because tonight as we're talking a year ago tonight, I was doing that for the first time, which yeah, is I saw it on Twitter. unreal to think about. Yeah. And um, so uh, just a little bit of backstory on how that all kind of uh, kind of came together and transpired. So Joe, at probably late two years ago, I want to say, well, now it's over a year ago, but you get what I'm trying to say. Probably about a year and a month ago. He knew he was expecting his first child, and obviously the moment was getting closer and closer. And so about the middle of December, I get a phone call, and he just goes, hey, are you available on the majority of Friday and Saturday nights between January 10th and early February? And I said, yeah, what's up? He's like, well, here's the deal. Um I want you to shadow me with the opportunity to replace me whenever the baby is born. And I was like, okay, absolutely. I've been waiting my whole life for this. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. So I was, um, so I pretty much shadowed him doing color every single game in the event that he got the phone call and he had to get to the hospital right away. Thankfully that didn't happen in the middle of a game for his sake, for everyone's sake and for my sake. Right. I didn't have to try to take the wheel in the middle of a game. I had a full day to get ready, which was great. Right. But yeah, so I shadowed him for a couple of weeks and then January 24th against the Binghamton Devils, I took the mic for the first time. And at that point, that's when it really became real. It was a couple of weeks later when that happened. But nevertheless, that first night was really, really cool. Right. Yeah, that's it's great, too, because. Joe, I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder to the comments. So obviously I only get to hear Joe Deere and breaks whenever they put them in through the, through the, the speakers in the, in the building, but I also have AHL TV and I watch every away game. So like I listen to Joe all, all, you know, all the time. So to hear you, especially knowing like a little bit about you, you know, knowing your background, you've been with UC for so long to see you have the opportunity to do that was just so cool. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say, can you break any news for me? But like any chance you're, you're replacing Joe or do we not know yet? Cause they haven't announced anything. Well, they're still very much in the process of doing that. And that field is extremely competitive right now sure. in terms of the applications that have come in. Uh, my phone has been ringing off the hook. People have been asking me, Hey, do you know anything? And my response is I really don't. Cause um, I'm, not only am I in the applicant pool myself, I also just don't have any information to give anyone because I just 
Right. Don't know exactly what they're thinking, what, what it's going to look like, but I know they're working on it right now. I've got my name in the hat. We'll see where it goes. And Man. I know at the end of the day, as long as, as long as the organization has the person that they want to lead this forward, I'll be there to help them any way I can. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, not just you specifically, but you, Utica College Hockey and Gary and everybody close to the program, I would assume, especially at this point, have built a pretty good relationship with the Comets, not just because you share a building, but because both programs tend to have their hand in the community so much. Like I, I made the joke last, last week with Andrew from WIBX about how Gary had Jackson Rutowski and a couple of the other guys standing in the rain collecting teddy bears at the mall because there's no teddy bear toss game. You know what I mean? So like, I, I would assume you probably have, even if it's not a job that you would have, I would assume you're making some really good connections working with a pro hockey team. Oh, most definitely. And you know, it starts, you know, just with the day-to-day and you build a better relationship with the people that you share a building with to start with. It was already pretty good and getting better all the time, but I think it really solidified the relationship that I have with a lot of people in the front office and just, you know, getting to know them. They get to know me. We get to all trust each other just that much more with different projects. And yeah, the, the growth of that relationship has been huge. That's a big reason why I got the opportunity to do UCFC last season and you know how nuts is uh, are those games right for the future no matter what how crazy are those games man it's insane I'm like I know Comets games and Pioneers games are crazy the first time I went to one of those games I was like whoa we're dealing with a different thing here (laughs) yeah and that's the thing like for the longest time I was not the world's biggest soccer fan at all like I didn't watch a lot of it when I was high school age or even college age. But the first time that I walked in and saw one of those games, I went to their preseason inner squad scrimmage. I saw the product and how it was unfolding. It was a lot like hockey while it also kind of did its own thing. And I was like, wow, this was the idea we had. This is incredible. Sign me right up. Right, I immediately right. went out and bought tickets to the home opener. Yeah, it's cats played college college soccer. Cats, have you ever played indoor soccer? Like with you know, where they play off the boards and all this? Because it is, well, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, like gr- like growing up, I played academy. Uh, obviously, before going away to college, so obviously I was I was doing lots of traveling, this and that, and of course during like these months now, um, we would do a couple of showcases outside. Um, but for the main part, we would play on indoor turf field. So there was no like inbounds, out of bounds, just like a thin line. Of course, the out of bounds line, but you would do a, uh, a kick in instead of playing it off the boards, but in, indoor soccer in itself is just a wild, wild game. It's so much faster. It's literally like you get like a half a second to maybe a full second to collect the ball, look up, um, even yourself out and then play the ball back. But yeah, I mean, people don't understand how fun and how fast this game can be unless you experience it firsthand. And I mean, it, it, it was definitely my first love. And then I was one of the main reasons why I went away to school and even now I'm trying to get back into working for the, for in pro sports, I was going to go um, and be an account executive for NYCFC before the pandemic hit. And now no one's even allowed to even go and enjoy these games in person. So it, it is what it is, but uh, I mean, indoor soccer was a lot of fun too, Dom. Yeah. I, I, I can relate it to that too. Like you, you doing UCFC games, but you could college it as a broadcaster doing the play by play, like, 
Is there ever a moment where you kind of go like, might maybe like freeze and kind of got to snap yourself back into the situation because the games move so quick. Like baseball, I, I mentioned Gary Cohen because I love what he does so much, but there's so much downtime in baseball compared to hockey. Where in hockey, it's so boom, 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 boom. And when Ozzy refers to you as Doc Emmerich, like you, you tell the story so beautifully. And I, I know it sounds like ridiculous for me to refer to it as a story, but it, it is a story yeah. out there that you're telling. It's it's done so well. It's a story. It's theater of the mind, if you will. And as you said, the work of art analogy also works really well because you're, you know, you're painting a word picture at the end of the day is what you're doing. So it's, but the crazy thing is it's all improvised. It's all live and it's all reactionary based on what you're seeing. Right. Right. So there's this magic to it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I know you've done I mean, you've called like all the things you've called. Is there anything you haven't called sports wise? Like if there's, a, if there's, there's another thing I want to ask you about that you've done. Cause your resume goes forever. Is there anything you haven't done? Cause you've done just about everything you can. Well, in terms of try, trying to think here, because <laughs> he goes, Wait a minute. some things I haven't done. Like, um, like if there's we- a sport you could call, you haven't, could you, did you think of one? Yep. Um, racing you're i know you're a big racing guy i see you do it on twitter you're a big f1 guy right yeah formula one indy car like one of my dreams in life is to be on the radio crew for the indianapolis 500 i think that that would be the absolute pinnacle well if i'm talking one event i can call any event i want i'm picking the indy 500 I, yeah, I mean, the, you just, even just saying, even if you're not a big racing fan, when you hear that name, like, you know, it's a big deal. It's like, yeah. it's like the World Series, the Super Bowl. It's like WrestleMania. Like, you know, that's a big deal. Um, that would probably be a lot of fun to do, actually, especially for you being a fan. It would probably be a blast. I know you love the eye racing, yeah. right? You're a big fan. Yep. I do a lot of that as well with a lot of guys that actually live out in Indy. And so a lot of guys that have some really cool connections in the racing business. And they're a lot of fun to talk racing with. And, they're a big reason why uh, the last couple months have been a lot more tolerable than maybe they otherwise would have been. But yeah, yeah. De- definitely ra- racing would be it for me. And if you ever get a chance to hear one of those radio broadcasts like they do for the 500, they've got four turn announcers plus the lead, the plus the crew anchor at the start finish line. And they pass it around. Like they, there's somebody up there with a switch. Oh, really? Turn to turn to turn to turn, and they call the entire thing as one flowing production, and it's crazy. Yeah, I, I just kind of trying to visualize it the way you say it is. It really is such a production. I mean, that's crazy. That's insane for them to do it like that. I guess it's one of those things again, like where we talk. It's like they're an art form, and you would never see the you would never see these things or understand them. But the way that flows in together, because you guys obviously and you have such a great team to make all these things happen too, so you would never even see what happens. But you you do it so effortlessly. Ugh. See, this is why you do the play by play, and I can't because I can't even talk. <laughs> Usually when I'm out of work, that's me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually going to ask, is it like, I know, okay, I, I wrote it, I wrote this down. This is the only thing I wrote down. So I got to, I got to bring it up, but I thought it was hilarious that you said you got recognized by your voice when you order pizza. And <laughs> that to me is like the funniest thing I think I've ever heard because 
especially if you just li- when you just listen to the games, whether it's the video or not, like you're obviously not on, you're not on the, on the video. So to have your voice recognized when you order pizza or something, it's probably like, Oh wait, you're the hockey guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, what's crazy. Like I was at a pizza place last week and I had put in a rather complicated order for a few reasons, but I can't, but I can't, into the place to pick it up they heard my voice they were immediately like do you work in radio i'm like yeah what's up <laughs> and they're like oh we know who you are now and i'm like i don't know if that's a good thing or not <laughs> so you're like oh cool thanks was there i know obviously when you went to school for what you went to school with which is you went for communications right correct me if i'm wrong i know i read up on you a little bit did you know like was there ever a moment when you were younger where you realized that you wanted to work in broadcasting or is it something that just kind of happened because i feel like the voice you have you've always obviously had and there had to be at least one point even when you were a kid where you or somebody was like you could definitely do this well the point actually came fairly late by broadcasting standards and some have actually done it even later than me, but it didn't happen really till my junior year. I always told myself, I was like, yeah, maybe that'd be nice to do someday, but never really gave it a serious thought. And then I transferred to UC for my junior year after two years over at MV. And I heard that there was an opportunity to do it through WPNR, the college radio station. So I walked in that summer, paid the advisor a visit and Little did I know he apparently had made the decision to hire me before I even walked out the door. (laughs) He was like, this guy's got it. He doesn't even know it, but he's got it. Yeah. I didn't really know it yet, but, and it took some time to really discover it. But so that, that journey kind of took a full year. I was doing hockey pretty much off the bat, but I was also competing on the cross country and track teams at the time up there. But that can obviously be, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of just really giving all of yourself to something to be able to do that. And by about the middle of the year, I had decided I was starting to fall apart a little bit. I'd been doing it for nine years. I was banged up. I was getting hurt all the time. And I knew I had a chance to be really, really good at this. If I really committed myself to doing it. And it's interesting. You talk earlier about the growth of the program because the night that I really made that decision for myself, it was December of that year, my my junior year there. And it was the only teddy bear toss game I've ever missed here in the entire time that I've been here. It's the best. So it was actually also the first shutout, not, not the first shutout, the first sellout. And they were turning people away at the door because for the first time there were no more seats available when the puck had dropped. And I remember listening to that on my way back from a track meet at St. Lawrence university. And I was on the, on this dark bus on like a three hour bus ride home. Of course you guys, you said you were Canton guys, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not big, not big fan of slew here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so you know that you know that drive all too well. Oh, especially brutal, especially coming from the island. Oh man, what a long trip. But it's it's you know it's dark, it's cold, it's lonely, and I remember saying to myself in that moment, I'm like, you know, for everything that that sport's given me, and you know how amazing the people that I've met have been, and obviously, 
you know, just the joy of getting better at something all the time through high school and then into the college. I'm like, I got a chance to make a career out of something here. And I don't know that I can really afford to be missing too many more Saturday nights riding on a bus when I could really be chasing something special. So at right. the end of that school year, I hung it up and made the full transition. Right. Which is, which is great. Cats, you have to go, don't you? Go. You, you, you're good to go. You, no, you're good. Five, five more minutes, five more minutes. I don't Take want Marissa time. to get mad. She says she's going to come find me. And that's the last thing that I want to have here. No, is her and, Cause I got, I got some more like a, uh, like, dorky Wait, stuff i want to cover here so <laughs> your game's not till nine why are yeah you well he likes to get there he's got to get there he's got to play sewer he's got to get warmed up so it's interesting that you mentioned too that you can make a career out of it because you've been afforded other opportunities where you're involved with you're the sid director for uh uchc correct yes so i'm the sports information director for the league and basically what that entails is I handle all the publicity efforts for the league, the awards that we do, the weekly awards, the annual awards, and getting coaches to vote on those, the website, the social media aspect, uh, championship information, and little odds and ends here and there as they come up that the commissioner may need me to do. Right. And you, you will help out with that with UC too, I saw, correct? I believe you I think the website yeah. says you're their assistant. I'm not sure how engaged you are. If you see, and this is just a, this is a serious question. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it's just, I'm just curious. When you see two of your freshman players, especially one that is rookie of the year from two different outlets going on a fan podcast by some local crazy fan as a sports information director, is that a nightmare situation? <laughs> No, not necessarily. I think, you know, obviously oh. in this case, he was in good hands. Let's go. That's huge praise. Yeah. You, you have to put Love trust, it. trust in your players, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Go on shows. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, that's the thing is I, I like to feel like. You've got to put the trust in the process for them because yeah. at the end of the day, as much as it's about sports, it's obviously there's an educational component to that as well that, you know, the student athlete has to be able to take care of. And by the way, I do preface all of this on the UC side. Um, I'm currently speaking only for my, for myself here. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Um, I'm currently on a bit of a layoff here from the college until at least the start of next month. So I can't really speak for the college here, but you know, I do understand that the role that getting these players into media interviews and stuff, which is part of my regular job, I do understand the role that it does play in, you know, just not only helping them become better players and no doubt get their name out a little bit if they want the opportunity to go play pro hockey, but also, you know, it makes, it makes them, uh, it makes them better people. Right. And I, I love that you just brought that up because I was going to say something, a big reason why I started wanting to reach out to some of the players, like a really good buddy of mine got me in touch with Jackson and a big reason why I wanted to talk to them is just so anybody that I know that's a fan and other fans that come across it is just like, it's a great program and you have such skilled hockey players, but some of these kids have so much like just this crazy stories to tell. And all of them that I've talked yeah. to and all the things I've heard, just like they're really genuinely great kids like Jackson and Ozzy. They're the only ones I've talked to. I've talked to a few other ones that I'm trying to talk to in like a more of a podcast setting, but they're just, they're genuinely great people. And, and it's something I feel like is very interesting to a fan, at least to me to hear like, Oh, not only is he great for UC, but he played here for juniors. He played here for juniors. He ran all over a kingdom come to just to make his hockey career keep going. And I, I think especially as a fan and the fans that I've talked to that have, have reached out to me and have said, Hey man, I love what you're doing. It's 
really cool to hear a different perspective on these guys. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because it's not just, you're not just a guy behind the mic. Like you have a personality, like you're an F1 fan. You're a wrestling fan, aren't you? Is that why you yes, couldn't I do am. tomorrow? You can't miss Monday Night Raw? I knew it. I knew it. Uh, actually, I have, a, uh, I have a, I have an F1 2020 league tomorrow night. Oh, fair enough. On forever. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I got some inside juice on it. Ozzy was like, listen, if you offer, uh, go ahead and offer him like a, a case of Mountain Dew. I'll probably do it, you know? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I do have to jump off. I'm sorry. I got a men's league game tonight, but before I go, right, right. It was a pleasure meeting you. Um, you, you mentioned that you ordered pizza before it. And of course I'm, I'm a big fan of food. I always want to know what's for dinner. What is your go-to pizza? Well, I am kind of in a unique position here because I grew up downstate. So I know what the New York city style is like. Yes, sir. Here we go. Last decade up here living where my father actually grew up as well. And so I got to know this style of pizza really, really well as well. And, you know, I can't say that I necessarily in all of that have a go-to. Heck, being downstate and even in the city, I've had some really good Sicilian style slices. So right, right, right. I'm all over the place. Yeah, no, it, a, nothing beats a thin crust, regular cheese pie. That's my go-to. What's Ray Biggs' favorite local pizzeria? Okay, uh, if we're going the Utica style, we're going Joe's of Whitesboro. Oh! Let's go! Hidden gem, baby. Big fan. Oh, fantastic. Better than those needs. I don't care what anybody says. My dad was a kid. Really? It, what, so what makes you stay, man? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's an area where, as far as a lot of people who have never been here or have just kind of come through and gone or, like, they've lived here forever and they left – besides UC hockey, what makes you stay? It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's just an interesting area. So as someone who's lived here their entire life, like I know what the place has to offer, but not everybody does as someone who grew up somewhere else, what makes you stay in Utica? Well, I think there's a lot to that answer. I mean, I'll start first and foremost. If there's one thing that's made me stay here this long, it's the people. Wow. I mean, for starters, I get to go to work for, some of the best fans I've ever known in the game of hockey. So that's a big plus for me. My family is here. My friends are here. People have asked me this question before, especially as it relates to kind of my, uh, my career plans and stuff. And they're like, well, why didn't you ever leave and go take a job at the minor leagues? And it's like, well, I probably would have had the opportunity to, but you know, it just, it would have felt, it would have felt empty. It would have sure. felt hollow, I think, to actually, at this stage of my life, with everybody that I've met and everybody that I go to work for and everybody that I've really come to know and love, you know, I just have never really seen a point in stepping outside of a place that, at the end of the day, has become home to me. <sighs> so that's a big reason why I love the city. I love the team that I work for and I just love the people. I love that answer so much. And cats, you can go, buddy. Don't worry about it. Um, I love that answer so much. Cause me, let's go Isles. See you guys Thursday. See yeah, ya. Yeah, Greg, yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. He's a Rangers fan. He'll <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I love that answer so much because me and me and Andrew Dominio from WIBX got into it last week about like, you'll appreciate this too. Cause you've been here long enough to know there's for so long, 
the only thing here, especially before the comments, the only thing in Utica was hockey. So for you yeah. to say, to give the fans and the people, and Utica College is awesome. Like it's such a great school and people here don't appreciate it because it's local, but the school is so great. The people that work there are so great. It has so much to offer and people just don't appreciate it. So for you to kind of give that type of praise, especially for somebody who walks in this, if, if someone comes to Utica and they go to the odd and the only experiences they have is to be an opposing fan for a Utica College college hockey game they're gonna go ahead and assume that everyone from here is insane and they should leave immediately <laughs> because marissa left but like I, i've said it so much but like you from the box you're you're up there in the box calling the game have you ever looked around and just thought wow these people are completely unhinged <laughs> i would use the word dedicated dedicated that i would use is, it, is there anything you've ever seen that like stood out to you that you're like, well, this is crazy. Or is it just kind of like your standard crazy drunk yelling? Uh, well, I can't necessarily say that recently I've seen anything that's totally out of the ordinary. There's been some nights where definitely the crowd's been a little bit more riled up than maybe it normally is, but I can't necessarily pick out specifics. And one of the weird things you have that headset on, first of all, and to be clear, this is not my regular headset, of course. This is actually just an Xbox headset that I grabbed because the microphone on my phone is hot garbage. But that's sure. another story. Um, but with the headsets that I have, the ears are closed out. I really don't hear – I can hear the crowd, but I don't necessarily hear the thoughts of any one individual out there. So over time – you kind of become numb to that part a little bit. That said, I have seen some beautiful things out there. In fact, a really good friend of mine who now lives down in the Carolinas, a few years ago at the teddy bear toss, he had a uh, Ted outfit sitting around at home, like the actual full body Ted the teddy bear suit. And he showed up to the game in that costume with a jersey on. And the it. place went bananas. <laughs> That's it, everything that you need for a teddy bear talk. Well, that's everything. It's just, that is like, I've, cause I've, I'm trying to, I've painted a picture of the last couple of weeks, last couple of months that I've had them on the podcast with me, just, just talking about how crazy Utica hockey is. And that like sums it up. Like the green, the Utica green men for the comms game sums it up. The guy in the prosthetic yep. leg chugging the beer, that sums it up. Like it's just, it, it, it goes back to, like I said, there was, there was really nothing here for a while. And then, you bring in Utica college hockey and the kids that go to UC, like it's a great outlet for them to kind of lose their minds. So that's kind of why I feel bad, especially this past year. Like if there was a team to make a huge run, it was this team yeah. and to have everything get shut down. I, I feel like you, especially like that had to, I don't want to use the word break your heart, but that kind of had to crush you a little bit. Like that just probably sucked so much to watch. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely to close out on a win was unbelievable. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, 20, 20 wins in a row is something I'm never going to forget. Yeah. But you always, it does break your heart knowing that there could have been something so, so much greater out there waiting for these guys. And unfortunately they never got an opportunity to show that, but the last, I don't know, three, four years or so, you know, yeah, you have to wonder if there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a hex on us or, or something because, okay, go back to 2018. And of course, Utica that year was the first team left home right on the, on the selection room table. 
the committee, for whatever reason, decided to take Marion out of the West rather than take us in, which, of course, as you know, was a very unpopular decision around here. Um, Did not go over well, I'll tell you that. I was not personally happy about it, but that's, you know, nobody was. And that's just the reality of the situation. I, un- I understood it to some degree, but I also did not like it. Right. Um, but anyway, so, of course, I covered the entire tournament that year. And we had a couple of really, really wacky national semifinals. Uh, Salve Regina upset Stevens Point in a game that I don't think, going in, I don't think anybody gave them much of a chance to win. But their sure. goalie went out and made like 20 saves in the first period, made 55 overall, and won the thing. Got hot at the right time. Yeah. And then a St. Norbert team that I'm not entirely sure was their best team ever rolled over Colby in the other semifinal. And I remember watching the national title game. And no doubt, two really good teams. They played them played in the overtime. But I said, I left, I walked away from that weekend. Not only did I enjoy it, but I walked away from that weekend going, there is no reason we couldn't have hung around with these teams. Right. We, we could have, and we probably could have won the thing had we been given the chance. But right. we'll never know. We, we were going to be there, I guess is what I'm saying. I, he's going to kill me because I'm going to say this on the air, but a, somebody, a player that I talked to, his name rhymes with Jackson Rutowski, said that he <laughs> basically guarantees it. <laughs> Joey won't. Joey, he said that Jackson told me Joey because he's he's not really much of a talker. He probably won't do it. I'd love to have him on if it was up to me. And this is interesting that you know we get assistant uh, SID here. I would talk to every single player on the team just because I think it would be cool to give the fans a little perspective. Like, hey, just so you know, these guys actually have a personality and they're they're you know they're cool kids. They're good kids. They have a future ahead of them ahead of UC. Whether it's in hockey or they end up working in whatever, like whatever they're doing in life. I, I think it's cool that they're one so great at hockey. Cause every single one of those guys is a legitimate player and they could probably play yeah. anywhere in the country, but they also like UC is no, I mean, it's not a slouch of a school. Like you need to buck up and do yeah. your work, man. It's not, it's no joke. So for them to do both of those things, they're obviously, I mean, uh, Brandon, that kid, I, I swear to God, man, I was so impressed with him. I had the episode we did with him. I had Joey Conzi Jr. He's the trainer X sports editor in chief out of Buffalo. He was blown away by the kid. He's right. He wants to write a piece on it. He thought he was upstanding gentleman, great kid, uh, a lot of potential on and off the ice. And it's just like, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm getting off track. Jackson, <laughs> Jackson said, uh, he goes, yeah, there's going to be a title by the time I leave. So he says there's going to be a national title. I'd love to see it. I, I don't. I, I hope. Yeah. Right. Now here's Jackson jinxing us. I would love to see it. I, I think. Is there any players on this team right now? Like you've seen so much that is there anybody specifically that stands out to you? Like if there's somebody that's going to help us bring home that title, it's this guy. Or do you think it's a collective whole unit kind of thing? I do think it is a collective effort. At the end of the day. You know, we've got obviously the guys that we think are most likely to help us bring home the bacon at any given point. But at the end of the day, whenever one of those guys goes down, another one steps right up. And that's been the crazy thing about, you know, the two times that we've won the the conference championship. Um, That first time, if I remember the, the whole season correctly, but, you know, we got beat up by injuries a little bit there. And 
we still held together, found a way to win the thing with guys continually stepping up in that second half of the year. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't the guys that you thought were going to be running the show at the start of the year. Right. And then last year, of course, you know, and we, we did have a little bit of a interesting moment injury wise with our defensive core last year, where we actually had to put a forward back there on defense for a little while. But, um, you know, it's still the same mentality. Next man up, next man up. And that's what's carried us to the kind of success that we've had here the last three, four, five years is every time somebody has gone down or somebody hasn't, you know, has had a tough stretch, somebody else has been ready for them there. And that's right. been the beautiful thing with us. So I'd say it's a collective effort, but you do obviously also identify a few guys at the top end that are really, really good for your hockey team. Connor Landrigan, and it's no secret the kind was, of year he had last year. I was just going to say, Connor the Land Dragon, Connor Landrigan, kid had a hell of a year, man. He was fun to watch. Him and Ozzy were so yeah. much fun to watch. And, and they, I don't know how else to explain it, but both of them seem to have it where they just kind of looked so silky and smooth out there in comparison to the rest. It almost seemed like they were on a different level than the anybody that came into the building as an opposing player. It seemed like they were on a different level. And then Fritzy, obviously, no no disrespect to Fritzy. I mean, he had a hell of a year, too. That kid is such a good player, man. It is, it is ridiculous. And anybody else that needed, like you said, that needed to step up, Zap stepped up. Justin Allen stepped yeah. up. Jackson, when he got in there, Jackson threw some great hits. I mean, he's, that kid throws the body like he's a good – he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, and, he, he, and he's done that since RFA. Like, yeah. I, I got to watch him actually, uh, him and uh, JT Antelisano, who started the year with us. I actually got to see them both play in high school. Yeah, they were <sighs> – Especially on that front, I was going to ask you. I don't want to keep you for much longer. I've kept you so long, but um, no, feel the, free. Whatever you need. Oh well, if you put it that way, um, did Gary and Nick or any of the other coaches like? Do they have have they ever one time approached you and just been like, "Hey, are you seeing anything up there that we're not seeing? Is there something that you can kind of lean into us on something, whether it's a player that you've seen play before, or like even just during a game?" Have they ever approached you? Because Gary is just like, from what I've heard talking to the players, he's so engaged in everything. Like he, yeah, he's, he's a sponge. Yeah, he's he absorbs he's, everything. He, I, I referred to him last week as he's a beast. I don't know how he does what he does. Yep. Like Jackson was telling me, he's like, yeah, he he came down to watch us at Hampton Roads. He was texting me every day. He was, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Do you need anything? Can I help you out? What's up? And for him to multiply that by everybody in the program. How does he do all of it? It's insane. So I, I kind of figured he's got to at least one time be like, hey, Big Z, are you seeing anything out here that we're not kind of seeing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been asked that question before. Not often, but a few times. <laughs> I, I, I would assume, too, especially because you have – whether it's uh, yeah well during the game of course so they're obviously on ice level but you're at a different angle where you can see things that they obviously can't see and that's one thing i love about the odd where like no matter where i end up sitting even if i'm all the way up at like box level like where you are i still have a great seat you know what i mean there's no Sounds bad like seats in, well, yeah there's no bad seats in that place unless if no. you're talking about madison square garden there's a lot of bad seats trust me i've been there oh, i'm talking about the td garden in boston on causeway street yeah, to be specific no in case seat. in case there's a couple other ones. But yeah, the uh, Madison Square Garden Jr., as Andrew referred to it as, um, there really is yeah. no bad seats. So I kind of figured, because you've been watching hockey. You have, you, did you, you didn't play hockey. I feel like you and I are in the same boat. We both didn't play hockey. 
Yeah, I didn't really get to growing up. Can't say that I did. Uh, I was raised primarily on racing and golf. Golf. And, of course, I didn't get to drive a race car, so it was a lot of golf, which I wasn't very good at. Would you ever call golf? Do you think that would be oh, fun? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because then you get to use all those flowery phrases that you normally don't get to use in any other form of broadcasting. So, like, um, and actually there's a great example of this out there that um, the Dan Patrick Show does every year where he actually has a contest where he has people call in, they play the music, and they have people pretend to be Jim Nance introducing Sunday at the Masters. So, like, one of these guys calls in, and this is, like, again, like the kind of cool thing that I'd love to do with golf, but he just, he, this guy just calls in and just goes something like, Here's a look at our select comfort leaderboard. Tiger Woods is on pace for a round equal to his sleep number of 65. <laughs> Just garbage like that. But no. So like all those other phrases that you hear all the time, though, like, right. oh, he's on the putting surface. He's going to have to give this one a little English for birdie. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. I, I, yeah, I love that. That was one of my favorite. I don't know if it was a game that you had you were shattering for or not, but I can't remember who it was. Somebody dug a puck out of the corner and Joe Roberts, call was, he goes and ladles it over to Boucher. And it was just like, it was the best thing I've ever, <laughs> it, it's so great. Cause it, and, when you get creative with it, you. yeah. When you get creative with it, it's so much fun to like, to listen to that. And I feel like the longer you do it, with your first game you ever called, were you nervous at all? Or is it something that just kind of came naturally to you and you're like, oh, I can do this, no problem? Because I feel like people tell me, they're like, man, you, you're great with talking. You could probably do some type of play-by-play -play or something. I'm like, I don't think I could do it. I feel like I'd be too nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You got to fight through the nervousness. It takes time. Right. First time I was on the air, second time I was on the air, hundredth time I was on the air. I was nervous. Sure. I was extremely nervous. Right. But repetition helps a lot. You'll right. learn what to do, what not to do, the things to avoid, the things to emphasize. Once you get through that and you have some general roadmap of what you need to do, I think it gets a lot easier. But even today, one year ago tonight, I was as nervous as I think I've ever been. Even with Joe there to guide me, I was definitely a little bit um. I was a little bit jumpy for that entire day. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. I can only imagine. <laughs> it must have been crazy because, you know, the Comets fans are Pioneers fans. You know what I mean? So they hear, they hear Ray Biggs is jumping on the broadcast. They're probably like, oh, this is going to be good. And you don't want to like, I don't want to say you don't want to let them down, but you want to make sure you live up to expectations a little bit, especially now. Like yeah. you're not, you're not just Ray Biggs, the play-by-play -play guy. You're Ray Biggs, the voice of the Utica College Pioneers. Like you this is the bar high. You, you, for yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, so there's an expectation to where, you know, you come on and Joe's done such a great job. He stepped in. He had big shoes to fill, obviously, because yeah. we had great broadcasters here before. Like I said, Brendan Burke, Andy Zilch has been on. Um, he had some great voices. So for him to come in and just fill in so seamlessly the way he did, I was a little nervous. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, Joe Roberts, who's this guy? And then he started going, I'm like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> oh, and the thing is, too, 
Joe added an entertainment value to this product that hadn't really been seen before on the level that he added it. And Brendan and Andy were great in their own right at what they did and kind of how they executed their own plan on the air. But their strategy and their plan was a little bit different than what Joe brought to the table. And Joe, you know, one of the best ways I think I can describe Joe, and I'm going to miss him very, very much, no doubt. I don't get the opportunities I had last year if it wasn't for him. He almost, in a way, kind of became like a broadcasting big brother to me here. Um, but he's like if Dave and Busters was a person. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. He, uh, I mean, just all energy, all go all the time. And I loved every minute of working with him because I knew it was going to be entertaining yes. oh yeah marissa he was i'm telling you he was electric he would they'd bring him on they'd cut to like like joe i forgot what they called it but like joe's corner Kendall's, or whatever on the Kendall's corner yes on the uh, uh like during like a like a uh you know a stoppage of play or something and he literally has just got the mic in the, in just right into the camera loosen his tie a little bit and then like just all into it it was just he was so great because you could tell. And the same thing where I think with you too, especially because I mentioned you are a UC fan, obviously. Joe was so great because you could tell he was enjoying every second of what he was doing. And that made yeah. it so good. Like to listen to you and listen to Joe and not just anybody, like same thing with, I mentioned before, Gary Cohn with the Mets is like, you know, he's loving every second of what he's doing. And that was what makes it so great. Like people tell me they're like, oh, your podcast is good. I was like, yeah, man. Cause I love doing it. Like I love yep. doing this. I look forward to it. You can tell in my voice, I feel. So yep, that's, that's the key. You've got to love what you're doing. If you love what you're doing, it's going to show. Every yeah. single time. I think it's great. I, now that I mentioned the podcast, is there any way, shape, or form I could get you right now, Ray Biggs, the Youth College Pioneers, broadcast play-by-play -play, to give me of, welcome to Real Talk, I'm Ray Biggs, and that I could cut out and put at the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can do it any way you want. I, don't, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm Ray Biggs, and this is Real Talk. Let's go. Oh my God. I'm so excited. That's fit. Marissa, do you have anything for Ray? I feel like we've kept you for so much longer than I told you I would. Um, and I feel like you and I could generally, this is why I love doing this because I, there's a couple other yeah. guests that I have lined up that I, I'm not going to say on the air just yet that I'm going to have on. I'll tell you after we start recording, but there are people who I knew if I got in touch with, it's like, listen, you don't know me and I'm just kind of starting out, but I have such a passion for, for these teams around here. If you could just talk to me for a few minutes, I knew we'd hit it off. Like there's people that I'm going to have on that. I know like me and you have never met, but you would never, you would never guess that. Cause we really just kind of got the, t the conversation flowing so well. And that's what I love so much about this podcasting thing. Well, we have met. <laughs> yeah. Well we have, but we didn't, you didn't know it at least. I was like, I told them, I go, Hey, I just talked to Ray. I'm going to send him a message, but he doesn't know it's me yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we have a group chat and I was like, yeah, I just met Ray Biggs. They're like, what? I go, yeah. <laughs> That's bananas. I know, right? Um, Marissa, you got anything for Ray? I mean, not really. I mean, I, I think it's interesting hearing your story because I was a communications major as well. Um, it's somewhat similar to mine because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Even in college, I did so many different things. I did TV production. I did a radio show. Oh, I was a sports information director's intern for my senior year. So me hearing what you're saying about learning, like 
what to do and what not to do. Like I know I've screwed up doing a broadcast. Oh yeah. For, Especially for in women's undergrad. soccer. Oh man. We had a women's soccer game and it was just beating after beating. Everybody was getting hurt. The field ended up flooding and it was just a mess. That whole entire Ooh. broadcast was a mess. Oh yeah. It was a long game. Yeah. But well, I mean, you know I, what? I think it's really cool having you on and I appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah. And it's all part of, you know, it's all part of the process. I mean, yeah, I made a ton of mistakes when I was the same age and it's, you know, it's just, you get better, you learn and you do, you know, better and better every time you refine the product and someday you'll look back and you're really happy with it. Yeah. Oh man, this was, this went even better than I thought it was going to go. I knew it was going to go good. It went even better. Ray, um, thank you so much as a lifelong, yeah. I shouldn't say lifelong, Program long, what is it, 19 years now UC's been here uh, playing hockey. Uh, program long fan, uh, a fan that grew up, fell in love with hockey at the odd, going to Prowlers games and what have you, uh, even before your time, obviously. Um, oh, the Prowlers. <laughs> I actually, it's, it's funny, I'm, I, I, a little quick story. I'm in, uh, you and I aren't friends on Facebook, I'll have to add you, but I'm in this group, it's called Enforcement Appreciation. And this guy named Pat Barton played in the UHL and he posts all the time these pictures of him playing at the odd, not for the Prowlers, but other teams. So I've reached out and I've talked to him a few times and it's just, it's funny how hockey, like hockey fans or players or whatever ends up kind of falling together in a weird way. Cause he posted a picture of him playing at the odd and I go, Hey, I don't know if you would ever be able to tell, but I'm literally sitting 10 feet behind you in this picture. I was like six years old eating a personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut watching the Mohawk Valley Prowlers. And he's like, oh, you're from Utica. I go, yeah. And we got to talking. This is a guy that played a couple of years, professional hockey, different leagues. And it's just funny how that works out. Like I've had the opportunity to talk to so many cool people already and we've only started doing this. So again, like for you to come on here and just give me a few minutes of your time or an hour and a half, whatever. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. I really do. Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I know the UC fans that, that listen are going to appreciate it. The players are going to appreciate it because they all bust my chops every time. Uh, Jackson, I talk to Jackson almost every day. I talk to Brandon most days. You know what I mean? I'm kind of establishing a, a friendship with these guys. And that's something I think is really cool about this program. Um, and I'm hoping to be in touch with you, of course. Uh, but yeah, if there's any last things you want to sign off with before we wrap it up, that's feel free. Um, what is it? D D three hockey big Z on Twitter, right? Yeah. D three H K Y big Z, which, um, D three H K Y is the hashtag that our website came up with at d3hockey.com. And actually the NCAA eventually ended up adopting it as like the official division three hockey hashtag. So that was really cool. I can't take credit for that myself though. That was actually a good friend of ours that came up with that. That's it's funny because <laughs> I just stopped my recording, but I just restarted it. Um, the persistency eventually gets you. You know what I mean? Like if you look at hashtag Utica comments, hashtag Utica college pioneers, the only guy you see is me. I don't quit. Uh, so yeah. So thank you, Big Z. I appreciate it. Uh, you've been a, you've been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's another edition of real talk. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Apple, Spotify, give us a like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, once again, this is Ray Biggs. You're the man, Big Z. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>